Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. Great to be back with you again. We're talking the Reese's Senior Bowl. They're playing Saturday, February 4th at Hancock-Whitney Stadium at the University of South Alabama. So that is not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend. And all three days of that practice are going to be televised on both the NFL Network and on ESPN. The game itself is going to be on the NFL Network at one 30 Central. So you can watch all of the up and coming names for the draft, people that you will see in the NFL next season. Saints got a lot of players out of the Senior Bowl Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport, even just last year, Alante Taylor, Trevor Penning, DeMarco Jackson. He was somebody that the Saints actually saw there and really liked out at Appalachian State. He didn't get to play this year because he got injured early in the season, I think during training camp, but I've seen him around. So he is still here. Somebody that the Saints drafted in the late rounds last season. We will definitely be at the Senior Bowl next week. We'll attend some practices. I'll be there with one of our videographers. So we'll bring you a ton of interviews. We're going to catch up with the national offensive coordinator, which is our quarterbacks coach, Ronald Curry. It's going to be fun to see him in that role, and we'll get some of the Saints brass will be in attendance, so we'll catch up with them. And then some of the prospects, some of the players that are there actually attending practices, a couple guys from Tulane and from LSU, so that'll be fun. Last week, if you missed it, we had the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, on the podcast. So circle back to the last podcast and listen to that. He had some really good insight on what the week is. And just the benefits for not only the players, but for NFL teams that attend. On NewOrleansSaints.com, we are continuing our player recaps from this past season. So check that out if you've missed any of it. We're highlighting all of the players, position groups, some of the things that they did really well this season, some quotes, pictures, video, tons of stuff there to check out. So that's really cool. And it'll continue for the next couple weeks um, on today's episode to help break down some of the players we're watching Next week at the Senior Bowl, leading up to the draft, WVUE Fox 8 NOLA Saints beat reporter Sean Fazand. He's always somebody that attends the Senior Bowl. He keeps up with players that are coming up, so he's going to have a lot of good input on who we should be watching for next week. Sean, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Always appreciate you taking the time. How are you doing? Are you enjoying the quote-unquote offseason? Uh, it's been interesting. It's been a, uh, it's a new layer to the offseason with uh, a certain former head coach uh, consistently in the news. I'm not sure where the, uh, uh, that world turns to on this Thursday, but nonetheless, uh, we'll see what happens. But it's been, uh, it's been fun watching the playoffs and getting into the offseason stuff that we do. And obviously the biggest being or one of the biggest being uh, Senior Bowl coming up here in a couple of days. Yeah, we're starting that next week, you know, the Senior Bowl, they have practices all week. I know you've been there many times. How many years has it been? Do you know off the top of your head that you've been? Um, I've been every year since 08, with the exception of the Super Bowl year, with the exception of the Super Bowl year in 09. So I've been every year since then. Um, 
Yeah. So it's been, it's been quite a while. So I don't know. I was like 13, 14. And look, let me just tell you, it seems like it would be a simple thing to go and look at the players, talk to coaches, but a lot of news seems to happen during this week. So that's what we're doing our preparations. We're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen now? Because it it never, it never is just go to the senior bowl, uh, talk to some players and come back home. There's always some storylines that pop up. So. Going into the week, though, what are you prepared for? I mean, we know there's going to be practices, there's going to be players available, usually somebody from the Saints talks. So kind of heading into it, what are you expecting? Yeah, well, first off, you try to do your best to, to, to nail down the local players that would have, you know, local interest. And there are a few significant guys here with the LSU and Tulane that we'll have some interest in. You try to narrow down, you know, where Saints could potentially be looking. And then there's always a storyline or two dealing with the saints in that off season when they talk um, about something that's happening with the club. So you just base your coverage off that and you go into it and then knowing a hundred percent of the time, you're going to have to scrap plan A and go to plan B because something will develop. And that's going to happen. I guarantee it this week in the Super Bowl. It's almost like we work in sports and it's always fluid, right? I mean, you, you can never know what to expect. You mentioned some of the local guys that are going to be there. A couple of players from Tulane, a couple of players from LSU. What stands out to you about those players that are going to be attending? Yeah, uh, quite a bit. Jay Ward's got some uh, versatility. He plays, he played corner. He played nickel and obviously he played safety, was a really good safety uh, for LSU. Sir. So certainly want to check on him and he comes from quote unquote DBU. So uh, that's certainly something to watch. Dorian Williams, a linebacker for Tulane, uh, certainly can make his mark as well. Ali Gay played a lot of football uh, at LSU, uh, had his moments of dominance, didn't have a uh, little inconsistent at times, but still I think he can help himself. And this is a year they're saying it's a lot, it's a heavy pass rusher type draft so um he's gonna have to stand out but the run the one everyone's talking about the Mm -hmm. one i will be talking about the one i will focus on a lot is the running back tajay spears out of tulane uh local kid went to tulane with the punch tula high school got that home run lightning in a bottle ability um you know you watch him play you can imagine him in black and gold a little bit because of his skill set what he can do on the field and how much they value that skill set so tajay spears is is the local guy we'll, we'll all be paying attention to and he's probably number one on my list speaking of the saints what are some of their needs you know you brought up seeing spears maybe in the black and gold possible running back option for them what are some of the needs that you think the saints yeah, might be looking I, for yeah i think running back is up there another running back was certainly uh to to compliment alvin Kamara because certainly uh this team could use that um you know there's going to be discussion around quarterback. Uh, so we have to take that into account. We have to take that seriously. So we'll be looking at quarterbacks as well uh, until they have a, that nailed down. Uh, I think that's certainly uh, a need to look at uh, another wide receiver, uh, depending on what happens with certain receivers on the Saints roster right now with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, obviously being uh, a free agent. Uh, that's certain, certainly something to watch as well. And defensively, I, I don't think there's a bigger need on the team probably than at defensive tackle where they could probably add uh, a couple of guys at a position that's not always easy to find, but I know it's one that they value. So um, that would be where I would say offensively it would be quarterback, second running back, maybe second or third wide receiver, depending on how the numbers shake out. And then defensively, it's defensive tackle in my opinion. To circle back a little bit with Spears, 
him playing here at Tulane, obviously an incredible run for them winning that cotton bowl. It was so much fun for everybody here to follow along on that uh, whole season. How would you see him translate though, to the NFL? I think he's got a bright future. I really do. Um, Everyone thinks they have breakaway speed. Everyone thinks they have home run ability. Very few actually do at the running back position. Tajay Spears has it. And all you need to do is look at that USC game. Uh, And we said going into that game on our shows here that I felt like he could benefit the most of any prospect in that game from a good ball performance. And obviously uh, that happened. Um, I think he'd be a, 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 a second round pick and we'll see if he can play his way into the first round. I don't know. We'll see, but I think he could be a steal for someone, his ability to catch the ball, uh, his breakaway speed, his ability to run, you know, outside zone gap scheme, whatever the case may be. I think he's got the total ability, but what sets him apart is that home run ability. He can break one for 80 and not everybody can do that in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely shown a good ability to pick up some yards. He's at multiple 100 yard efforts, more than multiple, like eight. (laughs) The Saints have been a team that have really valued the senior bowl, being able to have that opportunity to look at players, talk to players. What is unique about the access that they have at the senior bowl? Well, uh, you know, proximity is certainly one thing. It's it's, they are the closest to the senior bowl. It's an easy drive. Uh, Now, look, every team sends their sends their, you know, their personnel and it's a big deal. Uh, but you get up close and personal with these guys, get to know them. It's probably the first chance you're getting face-to-face with a lot of them because, you know, the scouting community, you go scout and play, you see them on TV. Maybe you get a conversation or two throughout the year. But, you know, you get all your scouting reports from your scouts all year in their season. And then if you're the personnel, you got you, you get the information in hand, you're seeing what you're seeing on the practice field, you get to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, relationships matter. Um, you get a vibe from people. Uh, I just think the up-close – and personal nature of, you know, uh, just being able to talk to a prospect face-to-face based off of what they saw in practice and off their tape and getting it on a little bit is invaluable. And it really, when the final draft boards are set and the final draft picks are made, you'll go back and you'll, you'll hear these guys talk about, yeah, the Saints, we, 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 we talked earlier in the, or at the Senior Bowl or at the Combine. It's just, it's just part of the relationship building process and information gathering process. And it helps you feel comfortable with a with a prospect, honestly. And I think the Saints have always valued that. I think that you can look back on the players that they've taken that have spent time at the Senior Bowl, even just last year with Trevor Penny and Elante mm-hmm. Taylor, DeMarco Jackson, somebody that was a later pick for the Saints, mm-hmm. but a person that they were able to, to get to know a little bit. And you can see the character of some of these players, from Eric McCoy, Peyton Turner, Carl yep. Granderson, guys mm-hmm. that not only work really hard, maybe some of the people that were, you know, at the top of a lot of people's drafts, but then you go down the list, the way that the Saints have valued the undrafted free agents, players that did play in the in the senior bowl with, with Granderson as one of them has been really huge. And they've done a really good job with the scouting over the last yeah. that, 10 so years. Yeah. I, I think that that's a direct reflection of Jeff Ireland, who I think has really revamped uh, and just, it, kind of recoded, if you will, what to look for in certain prospects, what to value in certain prospects, where in the hierarchy of what a person can do, player can do, where does that stack up and what, what do the Saints want to place a, a premium on? Uh, and I think that formula is certainly working. I mean, you can go through the draft picks, ones that both went to the Senior Bowl and ones that didn't, 
And just looking on how many that it hits, it's 2000. You know, 2015, he got to the Saints, but that, I think that was during Senior Bowl week. He finally got to the Saints. But 2016 was really his first draft. Go back to 2016 all the way uh, to 2022. And you just count, count the prospects that have really turned into quality NFL players. And again, the Senior Bowl is really the, it, it's the biggest of these offseason bowl games, all-star challenges, whatever you want to call it. But it's, it, it's, it's also where the process really begins. It's where really that offseason really kicks into high gear. Obviously, the Saints offseason started a couple of weeks ago. But this is when you really get into the true work of the offseason and roster building. Sure, because I feel like the last few weeks have been trying to put a bow on last season, evaluating mm -hmm. last season's players, coaching staff, et cetera. And now we're really going to turn the page to this upcoming year. You mentioned a couple positions as far as quarterback, defensive tackle areas that the Saints might be looking at. Do you have any names, players that we can watch for in the upcoming weeks as we approach the draft? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. I went through some of the list here um, just in terms of where the Saints could potentially be picking, I guess we had to go by what they actually have. At the moment, they yes. could have. Okay? <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, their, their highest pick is that early second-round pick. What quarterbacks could be available? You know, Hendon Hooker's not going to play, but he, I, I'm told he's going to be around there. So that's – and at that position, I, I think getting in front of a prospect like that is certainly um, is certainly valuable. He's probably going to be the talk in terms of the highest-graded quarterback that could be available to the Saints. I don't know if he'd be available in that second round slot, but I think he's, of all the ones that could be available, he would have the most likely, the Saints would maybe have the most likely chance to get a guy like that. Uh, Clayton Toon out of Houston, Max Duggan, the guy from, a uh, quarterback from TCU that obviously finished off his career on a high note. I know they lost in the championship, but had a heck of a season. Uh, Jaron Hall is an interesting one. A quarterback out of BYU, comes from a football family, uh, Great mobility, not, not, he's 6'1", but he's not, so he's not a big, big guy, but certainly big enough. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's this small school uh, player that I've, I've started to hear a little bit about. I really want to watch him in practice. It's Tyson Badgen, Badgen quarterback mm -hmm. out of Shepard. It's a division two school. Um, so we'll see, he's a 6'3", 225 pound quarterback that I obviously did well enough to get the invites to the senior bowl. So at that position, that's something to really watch going forward. And we've seen small school guys that have blown up at the Sea Bowl and have had gone on to get drafted and had decent careers. So the quarterback position is certainly interesting. I don't know where the Saints land in terms of drafting a quarterback or signing a quarterback, but you got to start the information gathering phase now. And obviously, there are other quarterbacks that are not going to be at the Sea Bowl that hey, could be available. I know Stetson Bennett is not going to play in this game, he's well known. Uh, so who knows? Um, Defensive tackle-wise, I got I to gotta get a little more familiar with this group, but I just started some preliminary information. Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, Cameron Young out of Mississippi State, Carl Brooks, Bowling Green, Byron Young out of Alabama, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina, our run stuffer at defensive tackle. Now, what's interesting here is defensive tackle, you have to decide what you want. Do you want to get up the field, pass rushing, disruptive type? Do you want a, a, a run stopper that kind of plugs the middle? I think in the Saints case, given the free agency of a couple of guys they have and the, and the ineffectiveness at some with some of that position, you probably need both. So I wouldn't be surprised if they address this position both in the draft and in free agency. So uh, it's not always easy to follow those guys in the trenches, but uh, it's something I'll be watching as well.
It's interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of people would look at the Saints defensively and say, yeah, they need to figure out a way to stop the run. You know, they need mm-hmm. to address that in the future. But you think that there's still a need to look for, for some of those pass rushers. Yeah, there always is need, especially that position. They're hard to find. And when you have a good group uh, that's coming out of the draft like this one, uh, it doesn't always happen this way. They've always invested heavily in that position. Um, now that you got to meet the size and speed requirements, that's what they are big on length at that position, defensive end wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, I could absolutely see the Saints taking a look at that, especially when you talk about free agency and Marcus Davenport. You know, Peyton Turner's been up and down this year. You know, Cameron Jordan wants to come back, and we certainly think he is, but he's going into his 13th season. Um, and then defensive tackle wise, you can really do a lot from a disruptive interior pass rush. And I think David Onyemata got better at that as the year went on. I thought he started slow, but he got better as the back end of the year picked up. But he's also a free agent. So there are, you need both. You need to mm-hmm. stop the run. You need to get up, get up the field and rush the passer as well. So they've never been shy about investing in the D-line. So I expect that to happen again this offseason. Obviously, cap space comes into play as well. We know that right. that's going to be tough to work with this season with all of the players that, as you mentioned, are free agents this year. The coaching change, the format going to the Senior Bowl this year, usually it's, you know, the complete staff from one NFL team on both sides. And I feel like that definitely gives teams an advantage. I don't know if the coaches really in, enjoy being told, hey, you were one of the worst teams in the league this year, so you're right. going to go coach the Senior Bowl. Right. But this does give coaches a unique opportunity. We're going to see Ronald Curry, a quarterback's coach, be there as an offensive coordinator. Do you like the new format? And do you think that it has some kind of cool benefits? I love it. I love it. A, it puts these guys that may be relatively, probably not unknown in coaching circles, but maybe just big picture, not quite as known as some other coaches around the NFL, gives them an opportunity, elevates them in a role, uh, allows them to uh, be in a position of, you know, making decisions and, you know, Ronald Curry calling plays that that's or offensive player that that's significant. And he's a guy they've been developing obviously as a coach for the saints for a long time. So I certainly think it's a great opportunity for him personally, but I also think you get intimate knowledge of the, of the prospects at hand. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's been countless examples of, you know, it used to be the entire team goes and coaches a team and it, two teams. And it was a coaching staff from that everyone from that same team, but uh, there's been countless examples of those guys coaching players at that senior bowl and end up drafting them uh, because they have the knowledge uh, that other teams may or may not have. So, and look, it's a game. Every, all these guys are competitive. You can see them in a competitive situation, how they respond, how's their body language. You're up close and personal with them. So I, I don't see a negative with that at all. I think it's, it could only be positive if for no other reason, if you had an, a, a situation with a player or you saw a player and maybe he's on your board and maybe there was an instance that you didn't like with him, maybe you stay away from him. Maybe there's an instance that you liked him and there was a, a story or something that happened and it's a reason to pick that guy. He comes mm-hmm. out to be a great player. I think that having more information and having more knowledge uh, about prospects, given how important this process is to the entire, you know, operation, uh, they, you know, it's the lifeblood of the program, as they say. Uh, I think it's it's all a positive. It's all a win-win for the Saints. I think it's going to be really fun to see Curry in that role and, and yeah. see what he does. I know when we talked to wide receiver Jarvis Landry when he got here over the summer, he talked about how thick the Saints playbook was and how much mm-hmm. he had to learn offensively. I mean, it's been built over 15 years of, of mm-hmm. adding different things. 
how uh, big do you think Curry's playbook is going to be this this upcoming weekend? That's interesting. How do they handle that? Yeah. Because everyone's going to bring their own unique, unique, you know, knowledge from their respective clubs to a to a to a coaching staff. If you will, even for only for a week, um, I, I would imagine he's probably not going to be able to get very thick with it. But I I think it would be foolish of him to not bring some Saints concepts into that meeting room and see how these players respond to those concepts. So um, it's impossible to get the whole thing, but yeah. I do think you bring a significant amount of of Saints plays and just see how these guys run it, how they look doing it. And that's a good way to get some knowledge on some prospects as well. So I think that's, that, that's certainly a valuable part of the process or this whole experience for a guy like Ronald Curry. Yeah. I mean, you can see how quickly a player can pick up a new concept, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a definitely an, an added benefit of being in there in the coaching room, seeing how some of these players respond to coaching. The AP award finalists came out this week. I think people around here were a little surprised that they didn't see Chris Olave. I think part of it had to be, he didn't play an entire season, didn't get into the end zone as much as he probably would have liked or, or we would have liked to see right. him. What were your thoughts on the, the finalists? Do you have any favorites for winning any of those awards? Yeah, I was a little surprised. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't in that number uh, just because, you know, a, a, if a rookie is coming in and contributing right away, um, you know, I know sometimes it can be, hey, wins and losses with the team. But, I mean, when a rookie comes in and contributes right away, I mean, it's because that team needed him to, to step up and do that. I thought Chris Olave was one of the top two or three best things about the Saints 2022 season. Oh, I absolutely. Thought he was yeah. And it was right away. It was right away how much he learned and knew everything. Right away, it looked like he belonged. Now, he's got to get a little bit better, got to get a little bit bigger, got to get a little better run after the catch. But I think overall – uh, the experience was fantastic. I'm not sure where they go with that in terms of uh, the rookie of the year. No, was it Garrett Wilson uh, for the Jets? Had a phenomenal year. Yeah. Yards. What was odd to me was Brock Purdy because yeah. he's only played, I don't know, five games and not very many. Right. And obviously, look, he's he's done phenomenal. He's still playing. So obviously yeah. he, he, he deserves, you know, the recognition. But for the entirety of the season, he was right. basically an afterthought. He was basically mystery relevant, as they say. And now uh, he's obviously, you know, stepped into the forefront. And he's done a phenomenal job. But I just, for the entirety of the season, I don't know if I would have called him a finalist. But nonetheless, you know, it, we live in a present day moment, you know, instant gratification kind sure. of thing. And right now he's the top rookie uh, and get, doing what he's doing at that position. I, I give him all the props in the world. But uh, I don't know who wins that award. Uh, I know the running back out of Seattle was fantastic. Uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker. Walker. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I I, I, I tend to lean on the, the the entirety of the season, the whole body of work, as are a limited sample size. But you just wonder, especially if San Francisco is able to win this game, how much that can factor into certain certain uh, situations. Yeah, I mean, he can become possibly the MVP of the Super Bowl if it ever goes to that, and he can have that. But I think it should be the entirety of the season, you know, how much you did from week one through really the regular season, because I don't think it's it's not quite fair to exempt people who didn't their team didn't make it to the postseason. Um, and, and Kenny Pickett was one of the guys that they was, was an early favorite for rookie of the year. It didn't quite pan out for him. Are you a, a an overall season MVP has to be a quarterback? I feel like that's always the trend. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it should be just, I don't think that should be the rule, but it always ends up happening um, yeah. just because of how much I the game. Um, 
it, it's hard given what these guys do, given how much, how instrumental, especially these, the ones that are nominated, how instrumental, everything's built through them. And you always do the whole, the whole thing. Well, if you take them all, how would they look? If you pulled them out of the, out of the lineup, would they, would, would, how would the team look? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, like you, Josh Allen. And it was Jalen Hurts in that number as well. Is that correct? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then they do have Justin Jefferson, the Vikings and, wide receiver is the only Which, which is interesting because we never see a receiver. If it's not a quarterback, it's usually a running back. So sure. we never see a receiver. So that's certainly, that's certainly fantastic for him. I don't think he wins it, but it's hard to not go with the quarterback because, I mean, if you take Mahomes off the Chiefs, I know they had a 98-yard drive and Chan Hitty, but come on, over a season, that's not going to look the same. You take Burrow <laughs> off the Bengals, it's not going to look the same. Uh, Josh Allen, I know he didn't play well last week, but it's not going to look the same. Even Jalen Hurts, we saw. I know Gardner Mitchell had one good game against the Cowboys, but when the Saints played them, they were right. not the same team. They were not the same team. So um, I, I still think a quarterback's going to win. I don't think it's – should be assumed every year, but I still get the quarterbacks. In yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the Heisman thing as well. It's right. usually a quarterback. I don't know. There's been some cool uh, stories as far as coaching goes this year with the Jaguars and Doug Peterson and then giants and Brian Dable. So we'll see who gets that award, but a lot of coaches that have done a really good, what they had this season. Yeah. Uh, so a coach of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dayball really, what he did with Daniel Jones, I think, is 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 impressive, and I I think that's what probably gets him the nod um, and kind of resurrecting that franchise a little bit. They've been stale over there in New York, and obviously, given the media market, it's a big deal. Um, love Doug Peterson. Have always been a fan of Doug Peterson. Thought he was fantastic. Thought it was a fantastic hire. Took him a couple couple games to get to to get it together with with Jacksonville before mm-hmm. they go on a roll. And honestly, they had a chance to win that game. There were a few missed yeah. opportunities there, but overall. I thought Doug Peterson was fantastic, but if I were handicapping, I would I would give, I would say the favorite would probably be Dave Ball with with Peterson coming in second place. Yeah, I think that that would be good. You know, the Giants haven't had any anything that they've been right. recognized for in a while, so right. I appreciate the time, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Yep. Uh, what when does the coverage start on your end at Fox Eight? Yes, we will be there. Tuesday. So our coverage starts Tuesday, four, five, nine, ten. I'll be tweeting away. I'll be posting videos, all that good stuff. So uh, check us out. All right. We'll follow you there. Thank you so much, Sean. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Sean joining me. Definitely be fun to see him again. It's kind of weird. You know, the same season's over and, and you're not seeing all the usual faces anymore around the facility. It is cool to see some of the players. I did see Cameron Jordan at the Pelicans game last night, actually. So he, you know, he's a season ticket holder over there really likes his pals and we of course really like them over here as well we're going to be back with another episode of the new orleans saints podcast next week from the senior bowl so make sure you look out for that as well as all of our senior bowl coverage on neworleansaints.com or at saints on twitter thanks for listening in and talk to you next week thanks for listening to the new orleans saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.